Welcome. You're listening to episode number 26 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. Welcome, friends. I discovered that iTunes did not have all of my episodes listed. Apparently, it was only set to show the last 20, so the early episodes had dropped off. Now in iTunes, I've got it fixed, so you can go all the way back to those early episodes if you missed them. I highly recommend you do that so that you know my backstory and you get some of the valuable insights from the earlier days of being widowed. I'm a life coach and I coach widows to help them discover their path in their new life, discover what's important to them now, help them decide what it is they want now. We devise a plan to move you ahead in life, a plan for the baby steps to move you through your first year, or a plan for the widow who has felt stuck for a long, long time. Just reach out to me for a mini session at talktojoanne.com. I'll coach you on something right then and see if you're a good fit for coaching with me. So that is talktojoanne.com. That should take you right to my schedule so that you can pick a day and time for a free call with me. What is perfect about your life right now? Nothing? That's not true. Something is perfect. This is where you begin. Look for what is perfect. What was perfect in my life at the time Jim died? Well, I had a house. I had a little house that I loved. There was some money in savings. I had a car. I still have that car and I drive so I'm not stuck. That was pretty perfect. My daughter, who's always been so focused on her work and career, so focused that I rarely hear from her (laughs) very often, she dropped everything and got on an airplane to fly out and spend several days with me right after Jim died. That was pretty perfect. I have a dear, dear friend who is so supportive. As soon as winter was over, it took about eight weeks or so because Jim died right at the beginning of winter. But as soon as the icy roads had cleared up, she jumped in her car and she drove from Indiana all the way to New York to spend a few days with me. What else was perfect? I had my computer in the internet, which was something that I could get on and socially interact and distract myself a little bit. I have a house full of books. Um, Then I started to acknowledge some more things that were pretty perfect for me in my life at that time, even though it seemed like, don't get me wrong, this was like the worst time of my life. But you know what? I could clean the kitchen before bed and it would still be clean when I came down the next morning. I could do something, anything, on the spur of a moment without having to consult anyone else. I could walk around my house naked without the least bit of modesty. I could make a bad decision, and it only affected me. It didn't affect anyone else. Why try to look at what might be perfect right now in your life? Because our thoughts direct our entire life. Our thoughts create our feelings. 
Most of the time you're thinking your feelings are caused by things outside of you, events beyond your control. But the truth is, it's what you're thinking about those events or things outside of you that create how you feel about it. Does this mean you should only think wonderful, lovely thoughts and just be happy all the time? No, nothing is farther from the truth, especially when you lose someone close to you. You need to feel sad. You want to feel sad. Of course you're going to feel sad. That's okay. You don't need rainbow thoughts to take away the sad. It's okay to feel sad. But maybe the sad becomes unbearable because you resist it and it turns into becoming despondent. You begin to feel helpless and hopeless and overwhelmed. Do you need to try to turn all that around to be elated and ecstatic? In a pig's eye, right? No, you just need to dial it down. Take it back to sad and grieving, but without the extreme pain and depression. That's where exploring your thoughts can turn that around for you. My thoughts tend to work like this, and I bet yours do too. I start out with basic thoughts of, I'm alone now, or I don't have anyone at all to share my life with, to I'm just getting through the day each day until I die and rejoin Jim in the afterlife, alone, alone, alone. I'll go from there's no income because Jim's retirement didn't have spouse benefits to thinking how can I possibly find a way to support myself at my age to thinking I'll be a bag lady when the savings runs out my thoughts spiral they start creating stories you see how they escalate I start with a thought that begins to spin into a story about my situation and not a very good story it all comes from the thought and how it makes me feel. Thinking I'm alone now and I don't have anyone at all to share my life with makes me feel lonely and sad. It's like a spiral. It makes me feel like my entire life is meaningless and it starts to feed back those feelings and my life being meaningless right back into those thoughts of my life being meaningless. Are you starting to feel depressed just hearing these thoughts? See, just listening to my sentences can make you feel a little down. Instead, I choose to think that because it's just me now, I can take my life in any direction I wish. I'm actually freer to get together with friends now. I can begin to connect closer with girlfriends who are also single. There are a couple of people that are also solo that I can text at the spur of the moment and say, hey, do you want to meet me at the diner? Alone means I can drop my shoes in the middle of the floor and no one's going to complain. Alone means I can eat cheese and pickles for dinner if I feel like it. I can redesign my space exactly as I want it. Arrange the house to suit you. When it gets too quiet, I can jam out to my music on full blast and dance in the kitchen. I'm not going to bother anybody. I can watch whatever I want to on TV. Hey, the remote is all mine. And if I feel like it, I can cook a large meal. And I just have leftovers in the freezer for future dinners. Hey, the laundry is far more 
of an intermittent chore now, and the floor stays cleaner. Just think of it. You can go to the bathroom without shutting the door if you're completely alone now. The temperature in the house is entirely up to you. There's no one else wanting to turn up the heat, turn up the air conditioning, or turn it down. You can leave on the lights. And no one else's alarm clock is waking you up. You don't have to adapt to someone else's time schedule. You don't have to share the bathroom. You can paint the walls any color you like. Living on your own teaches you how to be independent. So thinking that being on my own can be a new adventure in getting to know myself changes how I feel entirely. I'm still sad. I'm still grieving. But I'm not despondent. There begins to be a tiny, tiny flame of excitement at the thought that I can be free to do anything I want. The bathroom cabinet is all mine bet you're starting to feel a little differently too just hearing all those thoughts about living alone you can't help it the sentence playing in your head creates your feelings nothing else does when you begin to understand this very first component to how we create our lives it becomes fascinating my thoughts create how I feel so I can feel however I want to your thoughts create how you feel so you can feel however you want to by examining your thoughts and redirecting them a little no affirmations that are all yoga bliss and chocolate fairies your brain's not going to believe the polar opposite of what it's been thinking but you can find thoughts that feel a little better thoughts that you can actually find evidence in your life to support by maybe remembering a time when you did feel and think that way? I told you about my client who remembered her young and free days when she did live on her own in her 20s and how much she loved it when she got her first place that was all her own. She realized she could find the thoughts that she had been thinking then and think them now and begin to feel that same freedom and excitement in her life. She had evidence in her past. And now that she's beginning to think that she loves to be on her own, she's creating new evidence to support that thought every day. So this is the very first step of the coaching model I've used to move through my first year as a widow. And I continue to use it to keep my life and my feelings on course. If you're feeling especially depressed, you can take a tablet of paper and write at the top, I'm feeling depressed because dot, dot, dot. Then write down the first thought that pops in your head. Don't try to edit it or second guess it. Don't try to filter out the dark thoughts or even the random thoughts like, oh, I need to buy bread. Just start writing down whatever comes into your head when you look at that sentence, I'm feeling depressed because... Write as quickly as you can for about a minute or two. You now have sentences written down in front of you that your brain has been playing for you. See how each one feels when you read it. Let your brain play that sentence. Any wonder you're feeling depressed, right? You can do this for any emotion. 
You can say, I'm feeling angry because, and start writing. And take a look at the sentences your brain has been playing that's making you feel that way. And understand that these are thoughts. They're not facts in reality. Because facts do not include any judgment. The fact is you had a spouse. The fact is your spouse passed away. The fact is your spouse is no longer there with you. These are all facts. We know this. I am all alone is not a fact. It's what you're thinking about those facts. There are other people in the world, and no doubt you occasionally encounter one or two, right? So I am all alone is not a fact you could prove in a court of law. As a matter of fact, if you were trying to prove it in a court of law, you'd be surrounded by other people and not alone. So what is another thought that you have about your spouse no longer being there, physically with you, that does not feel as charged as some of your more negative thoughts about it? Maybe the thought that their spirit is right there cheering for you is a thought that you believe on some level. And it feels less sad in your body to think about it. Play that sentence in your brain right now. He's here right now in spirit, cheering me on. See how that makes you feel? If you're feeling especially sad to the point of emotional pain, decide on how you want to feel right then, in that moment. How do you want to feel? Less sad? Ask yourself, what would I need to be thinking to feel less sad? What would I need to be thinking to feel encouraged about my new life? These have to be thoughts that genuinely feel believable to you. When you find a thought that's believable to you and it feels a little less charged with sadness, write it down. Say it out loud. Say it to yourself and seek evidence to support that thought. How is your thought true? Take action to create evidence to prove it true. Remember, you don't want ponies and rainbows because your brain isn't going to believe it, especially if you're in real emotional pain and you try to think, woohoo, my new life. No, no, you're not going to, that's not believable. But you could think, I, I'm going to be okay. I've lived alone in the past and I was okay. And relate to that. Maybe you've never lived alone in the past. And you think to yourself, I'm going to be okay. I can learn how to live alone. I might even like it. See, those thoughts are believable. And you can write those sentences down, say it out loud, say it to yourself. And then look for evidence in your life to support it. Oh, the original thoughts are still going to pop up because your brain is used to playing those sentences for you. Remember, though, you don't have to focus on those brain sentences. You can give them names. You can call it my lonely story and acknowledge it. Then you remember your other thoughts, the ones that feel better about being alone. You get to choose what you think. 
you are not at the mercy of the sentences your brain is playing. It's still going to play them, but you get to choose which thoughts you want to react to. So write down five new thoughts that you would want to take on this journey of yours. Make them believable and find ways to prove them true in your life. Find evidence you might have right now, something you experienced in your past when you felt the way that you would like to feel now and that you, what you thought then that made you feel that way. Find that evidence. And how can you create new evidence to support the new thoughts? Maybe you feel better when you think, I can do whatever I want to now. I'm free to explore whatever I want. You remember younger years when you used to just get in your car and drive. It felt so free. So now you decide to take a day trip to a quaint little town you always wanted to explore, or maybe to your old stomping grounds, maybe to the beach. Do it. Throw a folding chair and a towel in your car, top off the gas tank, and drive to the beach. Tell yourself you don't have to spend the entire day there if you don't want. You have no obligation. You're free. You can drive there, decide it's really not for you, turn around and drive home. No foul. But I bet you get there and love the freedom of having done it. When you get home, you have huge evidence to support the thought that you're free to explore whatever you want. It feels so light and wonderful compared to the old thought of being alone. This is how you begin to move forward. This is how you begin to feel better. This is how you can begin to reshape your new journey. So, have you found me on Facebook yet? Are you on Facebook? I have a page for Joanne the Life Coach. I also have a page for Widowcast. If you search for either of those on Facebook, you will find my page to click on like, and then you can share posts on there. I'm there. Um, I post when there's new episodes. I share links on those pages. I would really love to develop an online support community for widows. If there's an interest in being able to communicate with others and share posts and ask questions. So find me on Facebook and let me know. And remember, it's your thoughts that create your feelings. And this knowledge is the power to feel however you want to feel. It's just the tip of the iceberg of what I teach in order to recreate your life. Yeah, I came across a time hop entry on Facebook from five years ago. Time hop is a little app and every day you can go look at your time hop app and it will show you posts that you put on Facebook like last year, one year ago on this date or two years ago on this date. I think it was up to five years ago on this date, six years ago on this date. Well, I came across an entry that I had posted five years ago, and that was well before Jim had passed away. I had posted on my personal Facebook page, finding happiness is sucking up every drop of it that you can feel right now. Feel the joy in everything. That's one of my prime beliefs. 
it's something that helped me greatly through Jim's passing and my first months and years as a widow. And it continues to serve me well today. So suck up every drop of happiness you can feel right now and feel the joy in everything. Go find some joy in your life. Until next time.